class in memory of Jared Orchen. And today we learn the Aftorah of Shabbat Rosh Chodesh. 1267 in this book. Every time when Rosh Chodesh happens to be on Shabbat, we are reading uh, a special Aftorah that has a connection more with Rosh Chodesh than, than with the regular Parsha. Because the Aftorah is always connected to the last piece of the reading, to the maftir. The maftir will not be the regular maftir from the parsha of the week. This week it's parsha Trey. We will read the next piece. The maftir will be about Rosh Chodesh. Then the Aftorah has a connection to Rosh Chodesh. Because it's a, the Aftorah is a continuation of the maftir. And the maftir is about Rosh Chodesh. This week is Rosh Chodesh alone. This Aftorah obviously happens to be, could be, could happen two, three times a year. Whenever Rosh Chodesh falls on Shabbat, that's where the Aftorah that you read. Happens to be that the Aftorah for Shabbat Rosh Chodesh is the last chapter in the book of Isaiah. Yeah. And these seven weeks, we are reading Aftorahs from the book of Isaiah. All comfort, the seven comforting Aftorahs from Tisha B'Av until Rosh Hashanah is anyway from the book of Isaiah. And this is also in the same theme it fits in beautifully in the, in, the, in the idea of predicting the coming of Moshiach and how things will be even to rebuild the temple. Then this is the last chapter. The book of Isaiah is the largest, books, largest book in the, in the prophets. 66 chapters. And, and, this, and, this, uh, and this is the last chapter, the last uh, chapter in the book. Then let's start the journey of the last chapter in the book and we'll see where the journey takes us. The first line in the Aftorah is, page 1267, So says God, the heaven is my chair, is my throne, right? And the earth, and the earth is my footstool. Put under your feet. And then the prophet, is, God is asking, you're going to build me a home? What home will be big enough for me? What will be a place for my rest? Basically, on the simple level, he says here, you're building me. The world is, the whole heaven and earth is my, like my chair. I'm much bigger than that. You cannot build me a home. Some people say, there is, uh, some commentaries say that this is referred to the time of was a King Menashe, an evil king who put, a, who put an idol inside the holy temple. And God tells them, you think you're building me a home? You think I need a home? You think a home can put me in? No place. The Talmud says even more. The Talmud brings a medrash that says, a medrash says about a couple Says when we were in love, even the smallest thing was good enough for us. Now, 50 feet house is not big enough for us. God tells the Jewish people, when I was in love with you in the desert, I spoke to the Jewish people from where, from between the two cherubs, from a very narrow spot. I didn't need a big house. Now, the building of Solomon was a huge building. Wasn't good enough there is no love there. There is no relationship. 
But now I want to, um, there is even more. Ashomayim Kisi, God wants to say something. What is he saying? The heaven is my chair, my throne, and the earth is my footstool. What happens, what is a chair? And a person to sit down, he goes down, right? He sits down on the chair. When he stands his taller, he sits down, he goes down. The footstool is to elevate his feet. And here is a little bit Hasidus. The earth, heaven represents spirituality. The earth represents the physical world. The heaven is bringing the job from our, the Torah comes from heaven. Right? God came down from heaven and gave us the Ten Commandments, gave us the Torah. And then is the job, what's the job, what's mitzvahs? What's the job of the mitzvah? What's the purpose of the mitzvah? Elevate the world to, uh, to return the spark back. Take, sanctify the world. Take a piece of parchment, make from it a mezuzah. Take a piece of meat, make it kosher. Sanctify the world, elevate the, the earth. Then the heavens, the job of the heavens is to go down like a chair, bringing heaven down to earth, bringing God down to earth. The job of, of, of the earth is to be elevated. Then the Jewish people are making God's throne and footstool. By learning Torah, we are bringing the heaven down. We make the heaven a chair for God. What does this mean? We're bringing God down to earth. By doing mitzvahs, we are elevating the earth to God. It's a give and take, you understand? It's two ways. It's a two-way road. Every Shabbat, we have a conversation with God. We read, we, the reading of the Torah is what God tells the Jewish people. The prayer said what we tell God. We speak to God. I tell people always, God when, God, when we speak to God, God listens. When God speaks to us, nobody listens. Everybody talks. <laughs> it's not fair. That Ashomayim Kisi, the heaven's job, we, the Jewish people, supposed to make God a throne. What's a king? A king has a special throne. How you make God a throne when you learn Torah? Pharaoh told Joseph, you get all the power, only what? Only the throne will be above you. That's what makes a king. The king has a special throne. King Solomon is known for his beautiful, right? Amazing throne. You better, you caught sitting on the throne of the king, it's over. That represents kingdom. How you make God a throne on earth? Well, we are, we, our job is to make God a king on earth. Rosh Hashanah is coming up very soon. Chodesh Elul, it's Rosh Chodesh. But why we read this after all? Because Rosh Chodesh is Rosh Chodesh Elul. The month of Elul is the month before the high holidays. What's Elul and Akunam for Anile Dodi Vedodili? I'm to my beloved and my beloved is to me. There is a journey. And the month of Elul, God is going out the way Hasidus explains it. God goes out to the countryside and is going on a journey to convince the Jews to come home. Just like the candidates now in the uh, uh, election season are going to the, for, for, to the markets 
to the streets. For four years you don't see them down at being caught anywhere. Crazy, don't shake somebody's head. Pay him a million dollars to give you a handshake for free. <laughs> a finger, maybe. Before election, we love you. Always they, they say that Ohio becomes important three months in four years. Suddenly everyone talks about Ohio, Ohio is a swing state, it makes a difference. Really? You don't see the candidates in Ohio from four years to four years? At least 10 countries elections once in four years. If not, would be once in 20 years they would come. Then the same thing God before the holidays goes out with love. I am to my beloved and my beloved is to me. And he says, guys, come to me back, come back. And he goes out with a smiley face, just like the, just like the politicians. They come and smile and hug babies. God also goes out with a real smile. And what is happening? What is happening in Rosh Hashanah? And Rosh Hashanah is the inauguration day. Like the president has inauguration once in four years because he has elections once in four years. God has elections every year. And on Rosh Hashanah, who is inaugurating the king? The president? People. If people wouldn't be there, they wouldn't inaugurate them. We, the Jewish people, inaugurate God on Rosh Hashanah. We come to Shul, we take out the shofar, like in, in, the, in, in, in Washington, there's trumpets and they playing. We also, there's trumpets all over the world. Jewish people in every city, in every place on earth, getting together in synagogues and in homes and blow the shofar. Inaugurating God is the king of the world. Then we need to make a, tr a throne for him. A king without a throne, what kind of a business is it? And God says, you know how to make a throne for me? Ashamayim kisi, the heaven is my, is my throne. And the earth is my step stool. A complete throne is, is a chair and a step stool. And uh, then we need to learn Torah, make uh, bringing Torah, the, the heaven down to earth, and the mitzvahs elevating the earth. From this together, you make a step stool. Then there is a Talmudic discussion. What was created first? Heaven and earth. Heaven or earth? What do you think? Bet Shammai says, Heaven is created first. Betty Lel said, the earth is created first. Bet Shammai brings a proof from this verse. So says God, the heaven is my throne and the earth is my stepstone. Mentions heaven before earth. Obviously the heaven is created first. Betty Lel says, no, the heaven is created first. Because it's written, there is a verse in the beginning of the Bible. Just to confuse you a little bit. Beginning God created heaven and earth. That's that's a proof of Betchamai. Okay. Actually, there's all this question why Betchamai doesn't mean this proof, but it's a different story. Um, but I'm talking about the proof of Betilel. Okay, here is a, 
On page seven, couldn't get any earlier than that, my friend. Number four, you see something very interesting. Okay. These are the chronicles of heaven and earth when they were created. On the day God completed earth and heaven. Completed earth and heaven. Really, it's not like completed, it's an interesting translation. Beyoim asois means, and God made, made earth and heaven. What is really the argument? What really betcha mind betty they want? They like that. That's no, it's true. Jews like to argue. But they wouldn't record, if you record every argument of Jews, it would never, never end. <laughs> What's the argument? If heaven is created first or earth is created first? What's more Good. important? What is more important, Corey? What is the question what's more important? What does this mean? What's the purpose to creation? What is more important? What, when this you say what's more important? This world of the world to come. Heaven or earth? What's the question? Well, there is. Spirituality or physicality? Action. Spirituality or physicality? Action. Torah or mitzvahs? <laughs> we just said the Torah is from heaven. Mitzvahs is from earth. You know, a neshome, a soul, even not in the body can learn Torah. You never knew learn Torah. Mitzvahs. <laughs> Nobody puts on film in heaven, I can tell you that. Nobody gives charity. Nobody's hungry. You don't kiss mezuzahs. Nothing. You don't eat kosher in heaven. It's only on earth. We come to earth to do mitzvahs. Then beti leel, betcha mai, the more more spiritual, the more... They said, Devon is the most important thing, learning Torah. Beiti there said, Earth is more important. Action. It's all about action in Judaism. In Judaism, we don't care what you're feeling. You know, in other religion, you believe, you don't believe, you this, you this. In Judaism, nobody even cares what you believe. It doesn't, you don't, you give me a headache if you tell me what you believe. I don't care. <laughs> Can you come to the minion? I don't believe, I don't believe in the minion. I don't believe in any, I don't care what you believe. I need a 10 person. <laughs> I have a friend in, in, in another Chabad. He tells me as a guy who comes, he reads a newspaper because they need a minion. He doesn't mind to do my favor. He's not happening. He's not a newspaper. Judaism, you know, many times you hear people complaining, oh, this guy's put a name on the hospital because they want to show off. Terrible thing. The bottom line, there is a hospital, right? That's the bottom line. Judaism is a bottom line religion. That's why, by the way, all the mitzvahs, it's all about action. Lighting candles, eating the apple, it's all about doing. It's not about philosophy. Theology is a very nice thing. Very nice thing. We've got a lot of Agadah in Jewish literature. We have everything. The question is, what's the, most, what's the bottom line? Person comes to heaven, God is asking every day he's asking him, God is asking him, what have you done for me? God wants partners in the creation of the world. We are not employees, we are partners. God created the world, we have to complete it. On every level, spiritual, physical, everything. That's the argument. Here the Aftorah says, here is like a proof, so to speak, to Beit Shammai, but really, it's a combination. You have to learn Torah and do mitzvahs. And without mitzvahs, 
and Aretz, Aretz is comes from the word Ratz. What is Ratz in Hebrew? Ratzon. Ratzon means will. Run. Okay. We're covering up the scenery. Yeah. <laughs> Run. Run. Very good. Running. So. La roots is to run. Eretz, why it's called Eretz? Because the land wants to do the will of the creation. The Jewish people are called Eretz Hefetz, the desire land. We are called the desire land of God. We have to run to do mitzvahs. Not just to do mitzvahs, but to run to do mitzvahs. That's why it's called Eretz. La roots comes with the word La roots. That's all in the first verse, the first four, five words of the of the of the. I, I want to, I, is is studying Torah also considered an action? Sure, sure, it's sure. It's a mitzvah too. But the main thing about studying Torah is to learn with others also. That's a bigger mitzvah. Learning with others, not overdoing it, but learning. So the, so the blessing lasts so it be very Torah? No, that's by yourself, no. Okay. You learn your own Torah. Okay. What I mean, what the bigger picture is that from your learning Torah, something good will come out to somebody else, not just for yourself. You cannot be selfish even in learning Torah. It's not, no, nobody says it's not a mitzvah, but the goal is to share it with others. Can't be a Noah, got to be an Abraham. <laughs> Perfect, you nailed it. It's even the, the, the Bet Shammai, the Borelitist, they said, who can come to our yeshiva? Only the smart, the family, the rich kids from the rich families. Only the people go to our schools and uh, Yale, all of this. Beit Hillel said, everybody's invited. Again, it's the same idea. Action or, th or thoughts. More, more knowledge or more action. Our generation is a generation of action. The knowledge we had, the, the, the Talmudic scholars are much more knowledgeable than us, by far. We are a an, an generation of faction. We are like, you know, the, the whole history of the Jewish people is like a body of a person. The head was like Moses. There was the heart, later generation. We are like the eel. There's not much life in the eel. You could put the eel in that water because it doesn't feel anything. It doesn't think. But one thing is you can count on the eel. It's going to do what it's supposed to do. It's walking, it's moving. Action. That's what our generation is all about. That's what they already said all the years. Now we're going to start to read the after. Okay. Uh, yeah, go before ahead. we get there, I got a question about the first line where it says, is this the, the verse that, uh, where heaven is my throne? I mean, we obviously see visions of this, you know, with Daniel and Isaiah and Ezekiel. But at the same time, do we have the concept of, get the concept of the heavenly temple from this too? It's interesting that, heavenly te that, that according to the earth temple and the heavenly temple. Yeah, is it, it, where, where is that look, uh, look, expressed in the Torah? Look, 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 first of all, it's interesting. Isaiah starts his chapter, the first chapter of Isaiah, first story of Isaiah is he saw God sitting on the throne. Yeah. Right? Chapter 6, yeah. Mm -hmm. Chapter 6, mm -hmm. it's the after of what? Yeah, chapter 6 is the after of, uh, uh, of uh, uh, Shabbos Chazon. No? Is it remote or a vision? A vision, yeah. That's chapter 6, I think. One second. Or the chapter 1. Chapter 6 is not after of Shavuos. Isn't the one for Ten Commandments? That's what I'm saying, yes, yes, yes. 
This is chapter, not Ezekiel, oh, I'm sorry. But there is also, by, by Isaiah, chapter, he starts, it, it says that he saw God sitting on a, on a throne. And in the beginning he started, he saw God sitting on a throne. He ends up with this, that God does never, that the world is the throne. And you cannot make me make a place for me, so to speak. What does this mean? We can make a place for God everywhere, where there is, in a minute God will give the answer, how we can make a place for him. But is this the resembling of the heaven? It could be. It's not written in the five books of Moses. It's not written. Is that clear? Sure. No, no. Okay, would you mind to read the first verse, first okay. paragraph? Okay. This is what God says. The beginning, the beginning. Go back yes. to the beginning. This is what God says. The heaven is my throne and the earth my footstool. What manner of house would you build for me and where is the place of my rest? Can you, can we house God? The idea to build a house for God is ridiculous, so to speak. Then when God asks us to build a house and he says, this is what I want, that, that's exactly what I want. It's very important to understand, you know, what's a mitzvah? A mitzvah is a connection with God. How can we, human beings, make a connection with God? Physical people, it's like the cockroach will do something to please me. The whole concept is ridiculous. How do the calculus know what they want? And, and I don't want anything what he wants. I just don't want to do with them. How can a human being do the will of God? They, they connect with God. We can only connect with God when God tells us how to connect with Him. God says, I want you to light candles on Friday night. Between the candle lighting time or an hour earlier. That's it. If I do what God says, I connect to him because I did what he said. If I decide that two hours before that it's nice on the table to have candles, it might be nice on the table, but I didn't connect. Because I cannot connect to God. There is an ocean between me and God. I cannot reach out to God. God can reach out to me and tell me, do this, and I, this will make me happy, and that's how we will connect. We'll have a relationship. You know, sometimes when you remember, when you had young children, sometimes they decided to clean up the house and you want them to do their work. <laughs> I didn't ask you to clean the house. <laughs> Is that Not the definition of a miracle? <laughs> <laughs> Not only they don't do you a favor, you get upset with them and they look at you. You want finally but trying to be good kids. And we cannot, then when God says, in the Bible, God says you should build them a house. Sure. If we say, when you guys want to build my house, how, be, how could you build my house? You and your own cannot do anything. Okay, continue, I'm sorry. For my number two. For my hand has made all those things, and thus they came to be, says God. But I will look to man who is humble and contrite in spirit and trembles at my word. That God says, where is he going to rest? We can find God by a poor man, right? <coughs> Little, literally, translation is Oni. Oni means humble and poor. And a contrite spirit in spirit. What's contrite? Contrite in the psalms. 
And somebody who trembles for God's word. Chared al dvari. You know the word charedim? The charedi community? It comes from here. Somebody who is trembling for God's word. It's important to him. He wants to do it. That God says, you know where you can find me? Big houses. Doesn't mean anything to me. I need the heart of an humble man. That he, that there is... You know, when the cup is full, nothing can go in. When the cup is empty, there is place. When a person is full of himself, there is no place for God. When he's empty, then there is place for God. That's what he's saying. There, who I'm going to look, but I will look to the man who is this. There is many verses in the Bible the same with the same concept. Right? Mm -hmm. A lot right? of Proverbs and Psalms and what have you. Yeah, yeah, I remember this, 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 and I a few times. Um, the Medrash says, God, God loves the poor. You know, usually a rich man doesn't want, he has a poor relative, he's embarrassed with them, right? He doesn't want a poor relative. Poor relative, you know, when, 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 just came from Russia to Israel. It's my family. We had relatives who made Aliyah to Israel 10 years before. The, they were established. They, they, they made themselves like they don't know us. Because me, knowing us means what? Helping. Oh, they will fall on our shoulders. They will this. They will yet. Years passed. Obviously, everybody survived. Well, now we don't mind to be a friend. God says that usually the successful man is not looking for friend, not looking for poor, poor family members because he knows what, it's, what does this mean. God doesn't mind. So God here, goes to the poor. So here, it, it's not the poor as an economically no, poor. No, no, poor, poor means in spirit. Mm -hmm. Somebody could be economically too. It helps for a broken heart. Usually it helps for a broken heart. Okay, number three. Huh? Who, kill, who kills an ox is like one who slays a man. Oh, what does this mean? Somebody who brings a sacrifice to God, who kills an ox for God, God says it's like slaying a man. It's, it means nothing to me. More than that, he talks about people that brought the ox for God by beating up the man and taking the ox. He says, I don't need such sacrifices. Continue. He who sacrifices lamb is like one who breaks a dog's neck. He breaks the dog's neck, who protects the lambs, and then he steals the lambs and he brings it to the temple. He who offers an ab uh, obligation is like one who offers pig's blood. Ablation, ablation. Ablation. He's like a, he's like a so offering. Mincha. Yeah. He's like one who, who offers a pig blood. Pig blood. That is in the Torah. In the prophet, a lot of times, the the dog and the pig go, and the pig go, goes together as a way of expression. Then something that God is not welcoming to the temple. These two things to go together. Because this is two who nothing stops them. 
You pig burning. will eat everything. The dog will eat everything. Mm -hmm. They don't stop by anything. They can attack people. They can. They have the same attitude that nothing stops them. And when God sees a person behave like this, He says, "Like it's a." That's why, I mean, we love dogs, but that's why religious Jews have a little bit, a little different opinion about this whole thing. It's, you read it in the Bible; it doesn't inspire you. Let's put it this way. Go ahead. He who burns incense is like one who blesses an idol. Mm -hmm. For they have chosen their own ways, and their souls delight in their ab uh, abominations. abominations yeah. I will also choose their troubles and bring their fears upon them, because when I called, no one answered. When I spoke, they did not listen. But they did wrong before my eyes and chose what was displeasing to me. Here, God is saying, and one end is speaking, that they will look on the, on the poor and the, and the humble. And the other end, he says, these guys who brought sacrifices, but never did tshuva. They bought an axe without a spirit, without a broken spirit. He says, I consider it like a, like, like killing a person. You, 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 bring, you bring a sheep to the temple, but you don't do tshuva, you don't repent. You don't really change your ways. What's tshuva? Tshuva means changing your ways. A guy is doing wrong. Then he brings to the temple a sheep. He thinks he's done with God. He goes back doing the same thing. The guy says, this thing is like bringing to me pig. Pig blood. I don't need it. Makes me nervous. And I will punish these people. That's what God is saying. It is. But when you come to do tshuva, you almost have to slay your animal's side, don't you? It, it, it's you're, a, you're talking now about the spiritual animal? Yes. Yeah, that's what it's all about. What is so, the spiritual animal? The spiritual animal means not necessarily the bad side of us. Spiritual animals that desire to live, to be alive, to eat, to drink. The force of life has to be, it doesn't mean we have to slaughter it not, not to live, but it yeah. has to be, be crumbled, be yeah. crushed a little bit. It shouldn't be taking first stage. It's not the most important thing when I eat. There are more important things in the world. If I eat a little later, nothing will happen. The world is not coming to an end. Oh, it's five minutes after six o'clock in the morning. I'm not eating dinner yet. Oh, if <laughs> more important things. Now, sometimes people in, in many synagogues, they, they, they pray very early because they want to eat. Right? They want to run to eat because they don't eat before service. They are very hungry. If you delay the service in five minutes, it can be a pogrom. <laughs> <laughs> Hold what it's all about food. Go eat before and relax. Eat a piece of cake before, drink a coffee, and you come like a man, and you're done like a job. It's like we all talk about the daughter. The Tzemach Tzedek. That's why Chabad Hasidim, Shabbat especially, drink something and eat something, cake, coffee, whatever it is, and they, they, can, they, can, they can concentrate the service. That he says here, repenting means bringing sacrifice it's not that God is against sacrifices. Sacrifices without the meaning of it, without the spirit behind it, that's unacceptable. That's what God is saying. Okay, number five. Hear God's word, you who tremble at his word. Your kinsmen who hated you, who cast you out for my name's sake, said, Let God be glorified that we may see your joy, but they will be put to shame. Basically, God says, you will have, eventually, you will be glorified, and you will be happy, and you, your brothers who were making fun of you and put you down, 
they will be put to shame. Okay. So, so which Jews is he talking about here? Uh, are these the wealthy landowners, or is it something different? It's not about wealthy and poor. It's about people who care and don't care. It can be a wealthy man who is doing a lot of mitzvahs. In Judaism, wealth is not considered a bad thing. In Judaism, the rich go to heaven. Actually, they have a highway to heaven. Okay. Tell you why, for two reasons. Number one, the simple reason, they give charity. They have more opportunities to do mitzvahs. And the, the road to heaven is much paved much wider. Number two, what means a rich man? What means why there is rich and poor? King David asked God, why you created poor men in the world? He said, because if not, will be no kindness will be going on. If everybody will be rich, I don't need you, you don't need me, we'll never talk to each other. I tell parents, oh, my son calls me only when he needs money. I thank God he needs your money, if not, he will never talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> now, what does this mean? The give and take, that's what created a relationship, absolutely. Why should a 20-year-old boy who is having fun in college and call his, his father? Why? Why in his right mind? <laughs> only because he needs something from him. Then the give and take creates a relationship. God wanted to create rich and poor, that give and take should be a relationship. That's what it's all about. Then, the re what means a rich man? is God's treasurer. treasurer. God entrusted them with a lot of money to give it, evil, give it over to the people that belongs to, to the poor. That if God trusts them, obviously it's something that I don't. That's how we look at it. Rebbe, the author of the Mishnah, is to honor rich people. The Rebbe spoke a few times about the concept. It, the, it, the Rebbe said, it didn't, the Talmud doesn't say he honored people who give money, who give charity, philanthropists. He was honoring rich people, even if they don't give. Why? Because if God trusted them with so much money, then I have to trust them too. That have, if God honored them, I have to honor them too. It doesn't mean necessarily only money, it could be only also power. If you see a leader of even if that's not really a good leader, if God gave him so much power, there is a reason. Then we are not, we do, I don't think it's talking about the rich. It's talking about the people who were, how is he calling them? Sonechem and Nadechem. Who cast you out from, from my name. Who ate you and cast you out, right? Who ate you? There is the Jews who observe what God says, and the people who hate the, the observant Jews, and fight them, and make fun of them, and chase them out of the city. This is the people you talk about. They don't go with each other. No. Number six. A voice of tumult from the city, a voice from the temple, God's voice taking vengeance on his enemies. Mm -hmm. Before she labored, she gave birth. Before her pain came, she was delivered of a son. Who, who is she? <laughs> Usually she's the Jewish people. The Jewish people. Before she labored, she already gave birth. Before she, she had pain, she already delivered. Wow. Continue. Who has heard such a thing? Who has seen such a thing? Will the earth be made to bring forth in one day? Or will a nation be born in one moment? For as soon as Zion labored, she brought forth her children. 
Okay. What is he talking about here? Well, some people would say it's the creation of the Jewish state in one day. <laughs> it wasn't in one day, by the way. Yeah, I mean, it happened in one day. Recognition was in one day. He's comparing here the relationship between God and the Jewish people to a mother and a child. There is a relationship we are compared, sometimes we are compared to a father and a son, right? God says, my child, my, my, my firstborn son Israel. Right? That's in the Bible. Then later in the Bible, in, uh, in Leviticus, Avoda um, Atem, you are my servant. God is the king, the master, we are the servant. Not a relationship. A father and a son is a loving relationship. A servant and a master, it's a fearing relationship. No, a father, no, I'm sorry. A, a, a master, a, a master and, and a servant is a, is a loving, is a fear, relationship of fear. Then there is another relationship, husband and wife, right? Shira Shirim, the song of song. Last week we learned about that. And God is comparing the relationship with the Jewish people to husband and a, and a wife. And many, many of us, that's a loving relationship. A father and a son is love and fear together. You understand what's going on here? And we have chesed, loving relationship. It's a husband and a wife. We have a master and a servant, or a king and subject as a relationship of fear. And there is a parent and a child. A father and a son is more, is uh, both love and fear. Here, he, he takes the example of a mother and a baby. Not a father and an adult child, but firstborn son Israel. But a mother and a baby. What does this mean, a mother and a baby? What happens by the what is the what is the relationship between a mother and a baby? That's unconditional love. That's between a father and a child too. You're right. With an adult child, it's different. But it's more conditional. If you make me really nervous, I throw you out of the house. It's it's describing even that I love you. Completely dependent. Dependent. Yeah. Completely dependent. Number one, completely dependent. Number two. We don't contribute any to this, anything to this, to this relationship. We are just there, a baby. The baby contributes. The baby is doing something. You kiss the baby. You hug the baby. The baby doesn't kiss you. The baby doesn't hug you. You're making the mother. The mother is happy that you're there. Oh, but you don't do anything. You're, just by your existence. Being, being is there. That's that's what it's all about. That's the relationship that is trying to compare in this after. It's a mother who takes care of a baby. And it comes in a minute, it's even getting even more. We are number nine. Shall I bring to the point of birth and not cause to bring forth, says God? No, I will go, I'll, I'll, bring, I'll bring the mother to give birth and I will, I'll, I'll give the birth to I'll help you to, to deliver the baby, so to speak. Continue. Rejoice with Jerusalem and be glad with her, all you who love her. Rejoice with her in joy, all who mourn over her. Oh, Simcho es Yerushalayim. Rejoice with Jerusalem. All who love her. Anybody who, who mourned for her will rejoice her. The Talmud says everybody who mourned the destruction of Jerusalem will be married to celebrate and rejoice when, when the Moshiach will come. The more you mourn something, the more you have chances to celebrate with it later, and it's and it's coming around. 
So is this about Tishabov or is it something different? It's about Tishabov, it's about everything, yes, yes. And then he goes uh, ahead and he continues. Number 11. That you may nurse and be satisfied from her consoling breasts, that you may drink deeply and enjoy the abundance of her glory. Then you see it's all a comparison of a mother nursing a baby. The Jewish people is the baby, and God, so to speak, is the mother. Not the father, the strong father. Within the relationship of parents, there is the mother and the father, the loving and the more strict relationship. And the mother is the one who's nursing the baby. And the baby is just there. But like you said, brings joy to the mother. Okay, number 12. For this is what God says, Behold, I will extend peace to her like a river, and the riches of the nation like an overflowing peace to her stream. stream. Then you will nurse, be carried on her hips, and dandled on her knees. Carried on the knees. You'll sit on the knees of your, of your mother. What could be better? <laughs> so we have to do husband and wife. The wife is still a partner with the husband. It's complicated. And all the son, the father is expecting to be a match. Take out good grades in college. If not, I don't send you money. It's a baby. Just, just hold me. And here comes an amazing line. Go ahead. Number 13. Is one whom his mother comforts, so I will comfort you. You will be comforted in Jerusalem. As one who is like his mother comfort. There is a story about Yom Kippur War. Right when it started the war, the rabbi in Tel Aviv, his name was Rabbi Lau, famous rabbi now, was the chief rabbi of Israel, now the chief rabbi of Tel Aviv. I mentioned quite a few stories about him. You saw him in Israel. Even he wasn't such a good, didn't give such a good speech, but he's a very, very good speaker. He was just he tired. He go on and on. He's not so good in English, that's the truth, but in Hebrew he's an unbelievable. He tells a story. Right after the war started, he lived in Tel Aviv, he was a rabbi in a, in a neighborhood in Tel Aviv. He came to a Icholov, his hospital in Tel Aviv, where they brought, the, they, they dedicated the whole hospital for injuries, injuries from, the, from, the, from, the, from the army, soldiers. They took all the other uh, patients were moved to other hospitals and that became dedicated for soldiers. They said 470 beds were there with soldiers, the worst soldiers. And when Kippur were one of the worst things was that the soldiers were burned in the tanks. So they brought people, they were burned from top to bottom. If you wouldn't breathe, you would not think he's alive. Burn, 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 burn. Black. Says one of them, the guy was laying completely burnt. And his mother was sitting with him 16 hours a day. And for a few hours, somebody has to come, pick her up, take her home, she should wash, she should sleep for two hours, back and forth. One night, his mother left, and he was in pain. He started to scream. And no matter what they did, it wasn't good enough. And at that time, there was no accreditation that the windows are open, the doors are open, that nobody in the hospital can sleep. The, the other patients who are suffering so much, if they fall asleep for five minutes, they wake them up. He yelled and he screamed. And no matter how much morphium they gave him, nothing helped. They told them words of comfort, nothing. They threatened them, nothing helped. Whatever they did, 
nothing, and it got worse and worse. It was, they didn't even know where it gets such strength to scream so loud. Then, said suddenly, four or five o'clock in the morning, his mother arrived in the, early in the morning. She is from downstairs, she is screaming, she recognized that your son. She flew up, she runs to it, over to him. He had one sliver on his knee of skin that was not touched, not burnt. One piece like this. She touched him in this piece that he can feel. And she told him, I'm here, I'm here, don't worry. She started to talk to him and rob him. In five minutes, he fell asleep. That he said he came home, he told his wife, now I understand what Isaiah is saying. As one who is, who is mother comfort him. Only the mother can comfort a son. He's not a baby anymore. She, only she was able to find, to comfort him in such a way that he should relax. He says, that's how God is going to comfort the Jewish people. And you'll be comforted in Jerusalem. Jerusalem will comfort us like a mother comforts the children. That's why until today, Jews go to Jerusalem, they feel different. You don't even, you cannot even explain it. There is a, then there's a feeling there, there's a, you feel elevated. People never get tired of being in Jerusalem. In Metzada you go once, twice. By the third time, you need to see somebody if you don't <laughs> Again, again. Nowhere in Israel you want to go again. You saw it, I saw it already, I saw it already. Jerusalem, you go again and again and again. You go to the Kotel a thousand times. You're never tired. The numbers of visitors who come to the Kotel every year in Israel are growing in the millions. How many people come to visit the Kotel every year? And there are some people who go there every day. You're never tired. Why? It's like your mother. You're never tired of your mother. You can always go and get, get comfort from your mother again and again. That's what Hashem is telling us in this Torah that the relationship, the way he will take care of us, the last chapter of the book of Isaiah, Isaiah completely is considered the book of comfort. The whole book of Isaiah, Nechama, is, is all about comforting. In the last chapter, he says the ultimate comfort it's like a mother comforts his son, his, his child. Go ahead. When you see this, your heart will rejoice, and your bones will flourish like grass, and God's hand will be revealed toward his servants, and his anger toward his enemies. There's a lot going on about the enemies in this chapter. Not just the good part, but also a little bit about the enemies. Continue, number 15. For behold, God will come with fire, his chariots like a storm, to render his anger with fury and his rebuke with flames of fire. For by fire God will execute judgment, and with the sword upon all mankind, and the slain of God will be many. Those who sanctify and purify themselves in the gardens, gardens behind one, in the midst eating pig's flesh and detestable things and the mouse will perish together, says God. All the people who do the bad things will perish. That's in short. That's how we, we not much commentary there. Go ahead. For I know that, for I know their works and their thoughts. The time will come when I will gather all nations and tongues and they will come and see my glory. Every nation and tongue, every language. 
every nation will come and see, will recognize the glory of God. That's the goal. That's the ultimate. Will they see something physical, or what, what will no, they see there? No, they will not see something <laughs> physical. They will recognize God. Seeing means... Understanding. Understanding, exactly. Number 19. And I will set a sign among them. I will send those... Sign. Mm -hmm. Did I say right? Go ahead, go ahead, yeah. please. I will send those who escape to the nations, to Tarshish, Pool, and Lod, who draw the bow, bow to Tubal and Javan to the distant isles, that I have not heard yeah. my fame, nor seen my glory, and they will declare my glory among the nations. He will send the non-Jews who will recognize God, and they will go all over the world to places that nobody knows that there is a God. And they will tell, they will proclaim a glory. That's what, what do you think was Jonah's job? He went to Nineveh and he had to say, God speaks. I can look at them and say, God, they listened. Okay, number 21. No, we are 20. number 20. Go ahead. And they will bring all your kinsmen from all the nations as an offering to God. Upon horses, in chariots, in litters, upon mules, and upon swift beasts to my holy mountain. Jerusalem, says God, just as the Israelites bring an offering in a clean vessel to God's house. So too, they will all bring everybody from, from all the nations to bring an offering to God. Will come to God and bring an offering to God. Number 22. 21. 21, I'm sorry. And I will also appoint some of them to be priests and Levites, says ah, uh, ah. He will appoint from the, from the non-Jews also some... No, they'll bring from your brothers. I mean your brothers. Hmm? They will He's bring all your kinsmen. Kinsmen, right. Kinsmen, yeah. I'm assuming that means other Jews. But yeah, but not. you know, why I'm, what I'm, what I'm saying, you, why, what, what come to me, came to my mind is, my money decides that every man who decides to dedicate his life for God can become as holy as a high priest. Not every Jew, every man. If he dedicates his life for the right thing, to bring the belief of God to people, and he understands that spirituality is more important than physical, there is a God who gives rules and so on and on, can be as sanctified as only as only as the high priest. Not just Jews. That could be there is a proof to it. In but he can't talk. sanctify anything to God. He can't sanctify it. He can sanctify himself. I know, but that's it. That's a lot. <laughs> like a high priest. Is this the, the verse for the third temple that God will find the, the priests and Levites and among the people and And recognize them who is a priest and who is a Levite? Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Number 22. For as the new heavens and the new earth which I will make will remain before me, says God, so will your offspring and your name remain. A new heaven and a new earth. The job is to make a new heaven and a new earth, to create a new world, to make it clean, to make it better, to make it like new. But why a new heaven? Even the spirituality needs to look a little better. Well, but that's his side of it. No, it's our, side. it's our side. We are creating the heaven and the earth. You know, there is a saying, 
of the sins, it's easy to do tshuva because you know you did wrong. But on the mitzvah, the way you did the mitzvah, you have to do tshuva on this too. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? On the heavens, you have to do tshuva. On the Averis, it's easy to, do, to, to repent. And the wrong things, I know it's wrong. But when I do a mitzvah, I have to sleep. That's a mitzvah. It's a dead mitzvah. It's a dead commandment. If to do that for this, we have to repent. That means a new heaven. Does this show the connection between the influence between heaven and earth, similar to yes. the first verse? Absolutely, yes. There's a yes. connection between the yes, two. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, 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 absolutely, yes. He's wrapping things up, I think. Or sixty-six chapters. Number twenty-three. <laughs> and from one new moon to another, and from one one Sabbath to another, all mankind will come to worship before me, says God. That's why we read the San Rosh Chodesh because it speaks about a new moon, mm. and in every new moon, the Jewish people will come to Jerusalem. Go ahead. Number twenty-four. They will go forth and look at the dead bodies of the men who have rebelled against me, for their worms will not die, nor will their fire be quenched, and they will be a disgusting sight to all mankind. I agree. Continue. <laughs> Number one. Continue. And from one new moon to another, and from one Sabbath to another, all mankind will come to worship before me, says God. Don't you remember this verse from a little earlier? Mm-hmm. Yes, he repeated it, yeah, right? right? Mm-hmm. Number 23, he was repeated again. But it, it sounds almost like missionaries or proselytizing, but normally... Where? Which one? Well, which, um, which verse the, is that? I really back to the part about Tubal and Javan and... Go... No, no, oh, <laughs> all the different missionaries and... and Somebody asked me today, I was talking about the job of the Jews. He asked me, are we, are we missionaries? What's a missionary? He wants you to convert them to his religion. Mm-hmm. We don't want them to convert to our religion. We want them to believe in God. That's it. We don't have place in shuls for everybody. How <laughs> <laughs> many shuls do you need to build? We want them to be who they are, but to believe in God. That's it. We believe that a human being, the way he was born, that's where he should stay. Judaism doesn't look for converts. Actually, Jewish law says you should try to convince the convert not to do it. Right? We are here just to make them believe in God. Not to worship idols. Not to believe that God is helpers. Not to find other ways of believing in God. There is a clear way. The Jewish way. They also have to believe in the Bible. They also have to believe the way Jewish people believe. They don't have to be Jewish, but the belief system has to be the same. Because there is one God. But, but, but in a sense, that is conversion. Because they, many of them already believe in their set of gods or God. That's or not conversion. It's called corrections from a mistake way of believing in God to the right way of believing in God. But as long as I don't tell them to join my shul, then it's not missionary. You understand what I'm saying? I'm not trying to convert them. I'm not trying to take it to the mikveh. I'm not trying to. I'm trying to show them the right, to open their eyes to understand what it means to believe in God. But what I want to concentrate here, the verse repeats itself again. You know why? 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 It's the major theme of, uh, of all the prophets. What's the major theme of what? Uh, become monotheist. No. And from every month, we repeat number twenty-three again. And from 
one new moon to the other, from one Shabbos to another, all mankind will come to the... Come, come and practice, come and talk. There is a concept that Judaism believes to complete everything with a positive note. Lesayim bedovo toiv. Everything. There is four books in the Bible who don't complete well, who don't end well, that we repeat the verse from before again. For example, no, it's something. Uh, it's a, a service that we do, and we we repeat it. No, a book from the Bible. We read it in public. And then we repeat it, we repeat one line, we go back, like we did the same thing. Go back one line, we repeat it again. It has to be Tishabov. we read the book of Lamentation. Then it's ending not in a good note, then we repeat again. Ashiveinu Hashem Eilecha Venashuva. Bring us God back to you and we'll return to you. Chadeshi Ameinu Kekedem. Uh, re renew our days like in the good old days. That's not uh, the the last verses came out, Master. Uh, you were very angry with us. Then we don't want to finish with it in such a note. We go back and we had we repeat the same the, the good words again. The same thing is in the book of Ecclesiastic. Some people read it on Sukkot. The book of Ecclesiastic ends not in a good note. We repeat one verse before that again. Yeah. And there is one of Torah, one more of Torah. If I remember correctly, it's a Torah of Sukkot or something. Don't all the Haftorahs end on a positive note? What? All the Haftorahs end on a positive note. That's what I'm saying. But wherever it doesn't end on a positive note, there is a Torah about, um, about, about Elijah. When we read a Torah about Elijah the prophet? There are two of them. Yeah, not the, not the big one. Here um, I'm sending you Elijah the prophet to, to tell you, the, the, basically to bring you good tide. Malachi. Yeah. Malachi, yeah. We, 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 when we read the book from, from Malachi. Uh, In any case... Early on, Tolo, no, or something, somewhere. Yeah, yeah, there. you're right. You might be right, yeah. And after, after that, you, you might be right. That's a different, that's a different after. That's not, a, that's Malachi number one. The end of Malachi. That's some, in any case, this concept of a happy ending is a Jewish concept. And it's very important to Jews, this thing. And it's, it's everywhere. The Rebbe always made a point. Never finish any article, any book, any story, any, any, anything. This doesn't have too happy an ending. You're right. And never when there is no happy ending, there is all discussion about that. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just saying. That's there is, but usually there is happy endings. The Talmud, the Talmud says in the Talmud it's important, in the Bible it's important, everywhere. Very, sense. very big theme. Most Disney movies have been, right? Not all. By the way, <laughs> I'm going to speak about it maybe to the Shabbos. Well, because you, you the, who brought it to the, to the movies? 
the Jewish people, the idea of a happy ending is a Jewish idea. What lays behind it? That we believe that Moshiach will come and will be a happy ending. Eventually, everything will end in a good way. That's an optimistic view that Judaism they contribute to the world.